Hi guys, John here. We were so excited about the reveal today and the, the information we're given about 9th edition that we pulled together all of our friends from the Rogue Trader Network, guys from the Dangly Boys, the High Lords of Terror, the NZ40 Cabal podcast out there in New Zealand. We all came together for this Skype call to talk about what our thoughts were about the, the, the ninth edition information, as well as what we're hoping to see from a future ninth edition. Um, all that and not much else on today's Mob Rules. <laughs> Don't tell anyone. You champion. <laughs> can okay. I get COVID through Skype? Oh, you can. I'm going to adjust myself here. So yeah, Don't worry, Seth. I'll mail you some. We don't yeah, we're even talking about how ferrets might be able to get it now. And I'm like, son of a bitch. Beautiful. Well, what a what a wonderful first 20 seconds of recording. Uh, and welcome to, I guess, the brain trust um, uh, of of our Rogue Trader network of podcasts. Uh, here to talk about the, the the latest, <laughs> the latest and greatest uh, news in Warhammer. Which thankfully today there is some. Uh, I see several of us are day drinking. Uh, so good job. You know, let's keep that Saturday pride. Wonderful. Uh, I'm John, of course, from the Mob Rules Podcast. And uh, why don't we kind of go around the virtual room, have everyone talk at once, um, and then we'll finish out these intros in a really unorganized way. All right, cool. I, I love how Michael from the High Lords of Terror, as master of Skype, just overruled all of your voices and was like the clearest one in the room the, the whole time. <laughs> It actually almost sounded like we planned that, you know, one after another. To a, certain extent. <laughs> a little bit, a little bit. Yeah, Mark and Andrew for... did poorly and it worked out. <laughs> this, is, this is way too funny. I think that's the theme of this network, trying to be shit and somehow being entertaining. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Seth, you've just that's described that, yeah. our entire podcast and mob rules here. We're like, wait, no, it's meant to, no. Um, but yeah, so we have uh, Mark and Andrew from the, uh, they're Down Under 40Z Cabal uh, or 40K Cabal podcast. I always get that wrong. NZ40 Cabal. NZ40 Cabal. Man, that is my bad there. You gotta say the Z properly, though. (laughs) I haven't said a Z properly since I lived in the UK. Um, (laughs) Maybe maybe one of these days here. And then we also have Seth uh, from the Dangly Boys waving. Uh, I'm going to say that for the people who listen to the audio feed of it there perfectly. And then, of course, Michael from High Lords of Terra. Uh, here all to talk about the, the very big preview that came out today with the release, or I guess not the release, but the announcement of a new edition of Warhammer. Uh, ninth edition. Uh, guys, the most important thing on every, everyone's mind here, logo gate. How do you feel about <laughs> off-center logos? It's horrible. I'm like, a little upset, not going to lie. I could give a fuck. <laughs> I, 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 I thought it no was... So I thought it was very interesting uh, divorcing themselves further from the eagle iconography for reasons that for people who live in America that should be very very clear, <laughs> and uh, I suspect this will be the last edition that even has the eagle uh, iconography 
part of it at all. I suspect that's just going to go away. Uh, number two, we noticed that someone on the first reaction video did noticed it was off center. <laughs> it is. See it. <laughs> oh, I just yeah. love all these reaction videos coming. So all these reaction videos done coming done. and people complaining about it being off center. All right, now you can die. I'm sorry, I'm just gonna. <laughs> we did not do that well. Um, also noticed that they redesigned the Warhammer logo recently and made a big thing of that very recently with like the hammer and the eagle combined, and now they've just changed their eagle again. I'm really sad we're saying the word eagle over and over and over again. He's not spamming the eagle screech button. <laughs> But that's that's all the way over guys, there. Do, do, time out, time out. You okay. know that is not what an eagle sounds like, right? <laughs> it really well, bothers it's me. Hawk. It's what freedom it's sounds it's, like. It's a red-tailed hawk. Yeah. It no. really bothers me. So, so um, Seth, as, as as I know you are a veterinarian of birds, um, I did just Google cool bird noise. And yeah, just, yeah. yeah, yeah, and that came back <laughs> as just as an eagle. That's, that's what it is, yeah. No, they do it in movies all the time. They're like, look at the eagle. And I'm like, that is not what it sounds like at all. <laughs> that was a way more annoying call. Can, can you they sound like a large, angry chicken. Which is why <laughs> it's not, not really... It's because it's why it's really not cool it, to yeah. use, like, Danny, if I'm calling Danny the eagle, in a, in a pure power move to try and promote him up there. I can't have a weird chicken noise accompany his every word. So, uh, Very true. true. Yeah, we gotta do the American thing. I mean, to be fair, John, that would be a lot more accurate. Angry chicken daddy. Fair. Um, so I guess let's start with some of the, the news that we learned today and go over there. Uh, it's kind of a big stealth one that kind of went into there. Uh, big Mike Brandt, uh, Nova Open uh, organizer, all that other kind of fun stuff, is now working for GW as kind of like their, their uh, tournament liaison person. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's a, yeah. Pick. That's my question. <laughs> no, because his body is too small to support <laughs> that kind of a that kind of a weight or load. <laughs> I mean, all uh, power Mike Brett and what he built with Nova, but like, man, he's got an ego, and I'm just like, oh, great. I do this think it's weird that kind of like the world, like Com40K for like, at least the past five or six years, has been all about ITC, ITC, kind of building up ITC. And then when we hear about this kind of like universal competitive mission packet that they're coming out with, like, yeah. And they're like, yeah. And it's going to be like, guy in charge will be like, yeah. And I'm like, it's going to be Nova. I'm like, oh, okay. It was just, it's. <laughs> I felt like they threw the ITC directly under the bus like three different times during that video. For sure, right? I mean, and that's. Like, I mean, no, I mean, obnoxiously and not kindly, considering that uh, several FLG and ITC uh, administrators slash people slash pay testers are GW employees. So. It's weird. Mm. Yeah, it was odd. Is, is that on purpose to try and, like, GW's way of basically just, you know, pissing on the fence post and just saying. We run 40k, not you guys. Just a just a lack. Well, it's either a power move or a lack of respect or both. So interesting. If I were those guys who literally saved their game from dying, I would feel maybe slightly shit upon. But what do I know? This is just a... there's already been some issue in the background where they tried to work with FLG and they haven't. So I mean, speculation, but. This is just uh, the end of I Titanic where you have the door and only one person can fit on that door. Uh, and and it's sure, just, yeah. Sure. Yeah. Okay, Rose. Reese okay, was Rose. Jack. That, that's all it is. Well, <laughs> Reese is far too big to fit on that door. Mike Brand could fit on a very small door, like a French half door, maybe, or 
<laughs> oh man, I just I'm not super excited by one uniform mission set like that. To me, doesn't sound super exciting. Like half the fun. Like I, I've played in Nova, I've played in Atlanta, Warzone Atlanta stuff, I've played Adepticon, I've played ITC. Like I enjoy the variety, so I'm just hoping there's variety to whatever mission pack they drop because. If it's the same six missions at every event everywhere, it's going to be a little boring. So maybe the variety... In, so, like, it's important to have some kind of standard, right? Because, like, it's hard to measure stuff in the... Like, for ITC, ITC specifically, right? It's hard to measure a bunch of different events that have very the disparate rule sets. And so maybe the... Maybe, like, the big difference comes in the terrain, but even then, like, I don't really see that happening. So... I, I agree with you, Seth. I don't want to see it get boring if we have a bunch of events that are exactly the same. But there's also no reason to assume it's only going to be six missions just because there's generally That's six fair. Missions, no That's fear. a good point. Yeah. Right? I'd be... I mean, G-Dub spits out missions pretty quickly. Like, they could easily put a whole bunch of competitive ones in there. They if, put out six new ones every year. If Chapter That'd Approved 2019 is any indicator, which, by the way, those missions are great, they discovered how to make missions for 8th edition just in time for ninth? So that's... I'm not, I say that as a joke because it's funny, but it's also true. The missions are great. And maybe that will... The missions in ninth will start from a better place. Yeah. Right off the bat. Maybe this is like a psychic awakening thing where last year's chapter approved missions were not designed for 8th. They were actually designed with ninth in mind. Um, to, sure. to kind of carry through for that first part. Also, like if you look at it from a pure business standpoint, the ability to bring in like a tournament packet book the size of chapter approved. So there's one more thing to buy every year is going to be your tournament book it is kind of big high, which makes me think there will going to be a wide variety of missions coming out of this. Hmm. Hopefully. Also potentially Maelstrom. Yeah. Yeah. Like that could be a differentiation between. You mean I have to find those cards? No, you've got to buy new ones. All new deck yeah, for ninth. Come on worry. now. Seth, they'll all be available for you. And the new app will have a deck shuffler. If you do notice, cards for you as well. in the price rise list, they have decks. In, in the price rise list, all of the uh, the decks yeah. are in there. Just, and the just, dice. Just saying. Bum, bum, bum. Dice are real important in ninth edition, Seth. You're going to have to get on board with them. <laughs> totally use GW dice. All my other dice got to get leached. Really do, do you think they'll bring back the dice apps as part of an event? Oh god, I hope not, man. I got into an argument. Ooh, I wonder if that. that I wonder if that could be integrated in the 40k app. Not the current dice app, it'd have to be a new one. It wouldn't yeah. surprise me because I'll bet you they hopefully this is really going off in the weeds that in a way that no one cares about, but I'll say it anyway because that's my whole thing. Uh there's there is a business issue that they've had uh regarding IP and licensing for the old or uh, for the previous dice app and also a previous army builder. My suspicion is that those co- the the no compete internally for those is lapsing conveniently in time for this app. So oh okay interesting. So it will not be the assault dice app. It will not be the um, fledgling army builder that they built for mobile that never got off the ground. It will be some new thing all in one icon, which throws all of their rebranding out the window because it has half of the new weird eagle and then the old eagle on it as well. So I will say at this point, the the only thing that this app is not going to do is blow me because like 
all they talked about you is all of that, the different Sean. things that this app does. You don't have you don't know what the scope is, dude. So even if it is, yeah, there'd be people complaining. It's ninety nine cents a month. <laughs> it literally blows you. Yeah, I got to pay for rules monthly now. People, yeah, I had to, wait, people will that, give BCP a dollar a dollar a year or whatever it is, and they use that at every event. And they do, and then they use it not at BCP. They use it. Uh, they use it for checking scores and such, and use up their server time and have you. So heck yes, welcome. Hey, another High Lord has appeared. A while Hello. We, we, we be recording, so make sure yes, to swear, drink. Recording. Will from the High Lords of Terra has shown up. All kinds of good stuff. We're talking about the, uh, at this point, the new, uh, like, universal competitive mission packet. Uh, and the app and sort of the drawbacks and positives from those two things. So Ooh. just to... To jump in a little, we were talking about like paying for ninety nine cents for the app or something like that. So reading the Warhammer three dollars New Zealand, <laughs> uh, no, nine dollars New Zealand. Soon, soon to be But it seems to say, can my digital codex come bundled with my print one? Yes. Whenever you buy a ninth ed codex, you get the digital rules for that codex yep. in the app for free. So it, I don't know if there's That's necessarily going to be a cost for it, but it sounds like you still have to buy your rule book and then stick the rules i do not know how they'll do this from a per from a technical perspective but my my take on it when we discussed this on one of our episodes was that the book would have a one-time use qr code yeah that you scan and then it adds it and then it's no good anymore yeah. links it to an account basically that'd be cool well, you also makes me wonder about the existing eight. Oh, sorry about us i said time to delete that mega account um it also makes me wonder as well because it means the codexes that we bought for eighth they can't come into ninth they also said they'll have other ones with like the the crusade rules and stuff in them um so that makes me wonder if you're gonna have to rebuy a ninth ed version of the codex to have the digital rules in the app 100 percent yeah why would they do it any other way you fool you don't buy the paper copy and the digital copy (sighs) yeah my guess is the eighth ed ones won't go into the digital app. Period. They'll just only put the ones Correct. that they release in ninth ed. This guy, this guy, businesses. This guy gets it. <laughs> this guy gets it. But you do bring up a great point uh, about another new way to play being pushed out here with the crusade system, um, which I can only assume is going to be real similar to Age of Sigmar's Path to Glory. Um, what are yes. some of your guys' thoughts on that there? I think it's actually really cool. I uh, I play casual. And I like those casual missions, so yeah. I, I have no issue with it becoming more interesting or more compelling, and it certainly helps some people in my play group that I have that are leading in that direction. If it's more compelling and more easy to get into and more fun, that's not a lose, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, Seth, you mainly play competitive uh, 40K right now. What are, What was your kind of response to the the... Man, I for Crusade. So I forgot yeah. the name of it for three seconds. Yeah, yeah. Um, I so in a previous life, I only played you know one-off goofy games with my friends. Um, I'm I'm down for it. Um, I'd be intrigued to see how it goes. I've played in a few narrative games games or a homebrew in the past. Um, the only thing I could would worry about is they said that like they didn't explicitly say that it was a self-contained system like where it would be like the five or six of us play together and start from ground zero and gain XP together. 
Um, so if, if you're going in and you're just, you know, if they have a drop-in system, um, sometimes the people can have some pretty strong armies, and then you're like, cool, here's my starter army. I'm going to get screwed. So um, that'd be the only thing, just make some sort of system where you have the option to drop in and drop out because that's the biggest downfall of narrative event or campaigns is you start off with a bunch of people, someone drops out, someone wants to come in, need a system to make that feasible. I mean, if you guys don't have narrative campaigns that fall apart after three weeks, you're doing it wrong. Uh, that's all I'm saying. <laughs> Actually, because of COVID, the one I built and designed never even got to play a game. So did I win? Did I win the? Did I win the narrative non-starter? Heck yeah, yeah. I'm I'm calling global pandemic. Yeah, I'm calling myself I, I think the it was winner. Really delayed. <laughs> delayed. I actually played one game from it against one of the people, and it was a ton of fun. We used the character uh, building rules in it and all that, so it was kind of it was kind of great. Those are so good. Doesn't count. Why? I'm running it. <laughs> if it if you won, it counts. Yeah, I'm yeah. running the thing. I've already decided that I I've, I've won the whole thing. So get, get on board. There you go. Campaign finished successfully, right? Heck yeah. Heck yeah. Will, what about you? What, what's your thoughts about this uh, Crusade system coming? So I'm definitely curious, like, how is it going to work, like, with tournaments? Like, or is it going to work with them at all? Like, is this just going to be, like, a purely casual sort of thing? I think you bring up a really good point about kind of, like, maybe having a tournament in a day using this system where your army progressively gets better throughout the event or, like, certain units do or certain things do. I mean, that to me is a really interesting way to spend a day. Yeah, that actually sounds like a really, like... In, like Copyright John also, 2020. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Go with it. Like, that. there's going to be a lot of really fun and interesting stuff that you can do as if you're running a tournament to try and, like, work that in. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And what I like is it's if it follows kind of the, the path to glory, like the Age of Sigmar stuff, where it's like you can do random generation or kind of what you get unit-wise depends on the leader you have. That is a system I super enjoy and is really, really, it's a great way to kind of build up a force. So especially in this time with kind of rising prices and a higher like point of entry, having this new satisfying feeling system come in where you can slow grow and build your, your forces along is super, super great. Um, now, John, to that point, yeah. To that we don't point, know John. that the point of entry, the point of entry, might very well be changing now, um, because, because they, they did say they're going to yeah. repoint everything in the game. Yes, that's yeah. cool. So, so yeah, uh, onto that, I guess. Unless uh, Andrew, Mark, Danny, do you guys have anything you want to add there about Crusade? I, I'm wait. Nah, it's not my thing. <laughs> I have, I have one more thing to add, which is. Oh yeah. For for how hard they're trying to move away from problematic iconography and languages, why call it that? Uh, soy was already when, taken when, by when several the Facebook groups. Ever for them. All right, Black Crusade. Wait, no, that's two things. No, don't use that. <laughs> <laughs> But they put Indominus in front of it. It's okay. It's the third empire. That's 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 Stacey Crusade. As long as not a dominatrix Black Crusade, I think they're good. Oh, oh, God, all of your memories coming back. <laughs> Paul Winters. Hey, that was only the one Oh, my gosh. I don't know. If, well, my LVO memory of this is one of my opponents had a Dark Elder or Drukari, using proper terms now, uh, army. 
And every time he successfully made a re-roll, thanks to his, like, lady uh, HQ choice, uh, he would say, thank you, mistress, softly uh, and to himself. <laughs> and this was a two-and-a-half-hour game. I have never wanted to concede a story more. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he was he was a great guy, don't get me wrong, but, like, at the same point, I'm like, okay, how do I politely be like, Please stop saying that. Like, I understand oh, you're re-rolling. I'm so glad you said it that way instead of going the exact opposite direction with it, because that would have been horrifying. Yeah, yeah, no, no. So I just sat in quite silence. Um, I want to say that's why I lost my last game is because I'm like, okay, just don't, don't, don't do it. But it was really lack of skill. Anyway, uh, <laughs> you missed an opportunity to record it and put it on the soundboard, though. Oh yeah, no, it's fine. I'm just gonna get. Oh, uh, he's got you there. Yeah, I'm just gonna get someone else to say it, and we'll be there. Or we'll end every episode right, 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 with right, right. "Thank you, mistress." Thank you, mistress. Yeah. Thank you, mistress. <laughs> <laughs> Order accent makes it so much worse. It, it honestly sounds way more convincing when Bottle says it. <laughs> I, I think you should have like, like power moved him and been like, "You're welcome." Oh, that's. Oh. <laughs> wow, I like it. Damn it, this is why I don't win more. What I'm going to say every time I make a re-roll, we'll be playing next. (laughs) (laughs) Danny with the big mind games. Um, So moving on, (laughs) away from this horrible discussion, uh, Danny, as Danny and I set up to do like a a Mystery Science Theater 3000 style watch through of the Ultramarine movie uh, and kind of really punish herself with that, GW releases... Uh, Thank you, Mr. Uh, a three-minute cinematic <laughs> uh, to promote the new edition, which is just mind-meltingly amazing uh, of a Necron Imperial battle. Um, guys, what what is what's your takes on that? Because I was not expecting to have like a full like high-quality CG battle to be shown today. I, I don't you know about anybody else. Uh, I'm starting a Necron army. <laughs> So, no, this is the part I, where you I guess say, I, will as well. I always love Necrons. That's, let's try it, Andrew. I had a Necron army in fourth, so technically I'm not bandwagon jumping. That's, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're going to see a lot of Necrons here. Michael, you were saying something there about that. that wonderful oh, my scenario. joke was I'll start a Necron army too. Yeah, it's Michael, Michael's saying I got to rebuy everything anyway. So, As someone who owns 120 fully painted and based, up to 32 rebased warriors, <laughs> I want to use the old one out of a sick form of uh, spite and rage, although the new ones do look really nice. Well, I was going to say. missing a new war gear option that the new warriors have that they called out. That's number one. And number two... Um, Pickle from the previous reaction video, the thing that he said in a disappointed voice, which I am going to record and use later as often as I can get away with, is is like, oh man, I need that rod in my life. The little green transistor. Hey, if you want to send me that clip, I can use it way more. Hell yeah. Michael, can I ask you a question? Of course. So when they showed the new warrior kit, they showed like three dudes with just the normal flares and then two with like the new like assault gauze flares, the shorter range, more damaging yeah. ones. Do you think those are just them showing here's what the other guns look like? Or are they talking about doing mixed armament warriors? I thought exactly both things. Um, yeah. I very seriously doubt it'll be mixed armament warriors unless that's a thing in the new edition. I don't know how that works, et cetera, et cetera. My, my take on it was that they would, they're just offering 
as an incentive for people like myself who warriors have always just had the gauss flare if they come with one or two new guns uh that's an incentive to buy that kit if you want to use those guns and my suspicion is the gauss flare will be the saddest one of them um, i was actually gonna say we're gonna get the um the new chaos marine uh havocs box set situation we get like one or two of those guns and yeah oh you mean the chaos terminator box yeah yeah yeah. Don't you put that evil on me, Mark. <laughs> Don't worry. Give Shapeway is like a month. <laughs> yeah, it won't even be a month. Pop Goes the Monkey is probably like... Furiously rendering right now. For this. Yeah. Well, to, to, to be honest, man, I mean, after the successful burying of the price increase that they did during the week, I think Shapeway is going to get a bit more, a bit more custom. Heck yeah. Oh, you, mean, you mean a third? No, what is it? One fourth, so three thirds. Like, was it about 10 to 15% of their items going up in cost? Yeah. yeah. yeah but beautiful like timing, eh? Because, because after today, nobody's going to talk about it. Well, how many how many uh, mortgage lenders are getting calls from 40K players right now, you know, setting it up so they can buy a new army? <laughs> Mine is. I was going to say, I'm, I'm looking at speculation <laughs> buys right now. Yeah. Oh, yeah, my wife's like, already upped my budget. So I can get a new Necron army. Woo! Yeah. I told my wife it was so we could fix up the yard, but I'm buying 40k. Correct. Oh, we got the double whammy. And I'll fix up uh, the yard. E- eBay is also now have to put tax on for New Zealand uh, prices under our legislation. So all that eBay costs have gone up as well. Oh. You guys just keep getting that rod. At, at this point, mm. it's just quicker to Thank PayPal you, us cash and we'll just ship you boxes. <laughs> but yeah, yeah I'm, I'm happy that I now have like what, five Americans that I know that I can maybe like, hey, uh, you can you know how you guys can still get it cheaper than us? <laughs> um, moving on from that. Are we going to mule 40K to you? <laughs> I think that might be. I think, yeah, but you're not going to be happy with how we're going to make you smuggle it to us. <laughs> or will I? Yeah, <laughs> those sprues are real skinny. Thank you, <laughs> but real pointy. These are really slimy. <laughs> so, for all oh, of those man. people excited about Reavers, uh, let me tell you about my friend, the Assault Intercessor. <laughs> oh. oh, the Reavers too soon, brother. man. Too soon. <laughs> The cheapest way to get a Primaris body on the field by 10 points, and literally no one cares. It's so sad. No. No, yeah. Assault Intercessors are the new hotness uh, coming in today. One of the two models previewed today um, was like a bolt pistol, chain sword, three models. Well, the last one doesn't really count because it was like just like a little sexy tease of the waist and things like that. Uh, but new intercessors, and like I said, I, th- I was saying during the the release here, um, this intercessor that was previewed has so much movement on it for a model that is not on a tiny piece of rock, as is being kind of the, well, that's the why tradition. He gets eight attacks, John. <laughs> Isn't it terrifying? Wait, wait. Just kind of thinking about. We talked this morning. I also I re- rewatched the um the video we were just talking about the kind of cinematic one, and you know they've got the intercessor with the chainsaw, who's either sergeant or whatever did have a fast attack badge on so i did wonder if he's going to be a, a fast attack fast choice, attack choice. Mm. Interesting interesting point. that's cool well i mean the benefit is like so you do have reavers in the troops so they'll already kind of fill that role um i think like i said and we know from leaks that there's a huge new influx of primaris coming uh yeah. so including these assault reavers 
What kind of role do you see these assault reavers? Oh, sorry, assault reavers, assault primaris filling. Probably going into um, impulses. Probably trying to get into close combat. That would be my view of what the role that they're going to be filling is. Wow, Danny. Is that for your <laughs> professional coaching service? That, that was yep. prolific. You, get Mark, you all get uh, that one free of charge. <laughs> Mark, counterpoint to the whole symbol thing. Um, suppressors are a fast attack, but they have the heavy support logo on them in the codex, so it might oh. be... That's fair. Did you actually the new those new veteran marines are kind are missing a lot of there's two things that I I saw from a modeling perspective that were interesting. Number one was I didn't see any skull iconography, which was interesting. And number two, they did something they did something cool which I really liked and had not seen before. They likely have done it, and I'm I'm just I missed it. But that's where they put the uh, chapter logo down for the Ultramarines, and then right over it, like as an overlay, they put the squad designation marking. Oh in yeah. In that case, the tactical marine, and it actually looked really cool. Yeah, that's the cover of the new series book. The what was it? The the Storm of Fire. Yeah. Uh, the new mm-hmm. series coming out, which is Dawn based of Fire. Dawn of Fire. Yeah, there you go. Uh, which is based uh, on future 40K history, uh, sending the internet in flames because <gasps> there's a non-white person and a lady on the cover. Jesus Christ. Oh, my what? gosh. What? Um, I, I think we need to, to go back to Michael's point, though. I'm fairly certain that new iconography is just so GW can sell you a new transfer sheet. Well, it could also be that you have, like, the Crux Terminatus or some kind of honor on the other shoulder, too. I don't want to start any conspiracy theories, but if you look at the heresy era Alpha Legion symbol, <laughs> I'm just saying. Yes, it do it, my Alpha Marines. <laughs> Finally, I, sets I are in out, the fluff. Just to counter a little, I'm looking at the um, the new Warhammer 40,000 site, and they have the new, I'm guessing, some form of veteran Primaris dude with robes and stuff. It's pretty skull decked up, if I'm honest. Is that the one with the Terminus sword? The Executioner sword? Um, no, he's got a Storm Shield and it looks like a Volkite pistol. He's got a straw. Oh, oh, yeah. Is that the Volkite pistol with the ridiculously large holster? You mean the appropriately sized yeah. holster? Uh, I think it's bag. BD I liked uh, I liked the comment that they that they probably smuggle around calzones on the side. Oh, yeah, that was good. <laughs> yeah. That was really good. It's it's their delivery post. It's like Kevin Costner in the Postman as a Primaris. Um, my, yeah, my take about that model just before I forget, and I thought this was pretty funny. Um, it looks like they have a Storm Shield and an Iron Halo. So either because that, that's what that little icon is supposed to be. So I'm wondering if it's a do they have a combat shield and a four up save, or do they have a three up save and a backup four up save? What <laughs> and I if, really... and if they, from a war gear perspective, my joke was that your chapter's quartermaster wants to know your location. <laughs> <laughs> what, I, what I really like is um, they've got like the inside of the shield quite nicely detailed. There's a little key, yeah. so I've now decided that it's literally a key lock to start your storm shield up. Like you insert it <laughs> it's just like a primaris padding his pockets like the whole time being like shit i gotta turn my shield on where did i put that thing i have so many pouches all over my outfit the marine problem well, he's, he's, he's wearing a tabard under his armor <laughs> yeah that that that's a bit odd <laughs> i don't know if i like that a normal captain will have a storm shield and an iron halo though so it could just be a character yeah 
I just thought it was neat that they all had Volkite pistols, Iron Halos, Storm Shields. Like, oh, did kind they of all have combo. Iron Halos? Yeah, every they showed three of them, and they all had an oh. Iron Halo little piece. Never mind the other ones. Oh. Who knows what that'll mean in, in ninth edition uh, through the ninth edition lands. But yeah, Dawn of Fire, brand new series coming out. Um, hi, Lords. You guys like your narrative, like your talk. What are your thoughts about the, the Avenging Sun, which is going to be the first novel by Guy Haley, which I think is a great person to start off a new series. Um, but, but kind of what are your hopes and thoughts on this new series coming out, being promoted very heavily as kind of like Horace Heresy level uh, quality? Uh it won't be it won't be Horace Heresy quality level. So I mean, that, not to throw this guy Ooh. under the bus, he's he's uh, okay. Number one, that's the core thing they built their entire setting on. Let's set the bar somewhere between the Beast Arises and the Youth Let's Play versus a Necron book. Like the truth <laughs> is probably the truth is probably somewhere in that nebulous region of quality. Uh, if they if they wanted to um, impress and convince me. I like guys, some of guys' prior work uh, elsewhere, but I would I would have been like, uh, if it was an all shots fired from a narrative noveling perspective, it would have been a Dan Abnett book. No, not trying to be mean when I say that, sure. but like he's the best mm-hmm. author they have uh, consistency wise. Like pretty much everything he writes is very readable and good. So. Well, you can kind of do like a, a Riggs Murtaugh kind of situation where they're like every time something launches, Abner's just like, just when I thought I was out, they pull me back in. <laughs> You're a loose cannon. Too old for this shit. Loose cannon, I want your badge and your gun on my desk. Abner was a typewriter. Abner is Murtaugh, but um, I, Aaron Dembski Bowden has got to be Riggs, right? Uh, I just, oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I just need him to finish that Black Legion trilogy. Um, uh, this this new 40k stuff can wait until he finishes my damn story so I can figure out what to yeah. do. Yeah. That said, it's cool that they're pushing uh, things forward. Obviously, something like this needs to... The story needs to progress past the psychic awakening. Uh, yeah, there's a, now a big hole in reality stretching across the entire galaxy, and the Necrons are pissy about it because the alarm clock has gone off. So maybe hmm. something... This, this may cause things to happen. So, so then, because 8th edition Dominus is Dominus. all about the Cicatrix Maledictum, can we call it the Gape Edition? <laughs> <laughs> Go to uh, 40K.CX. <laughs> no, we cannot. Um, yeah, we're, we're seeing oh. massive narrative shifts. So at the launch of the last edition, we had the Cicatrix Maledictum open up and kind of tear the universe in half. And we're being promised kind of even similar levels of story advancement here. So what are your guys' thoughts about where where is the story going? What are we seeing? Uh, obviously, Necrons are kind of the big bad of this edition here, like with 8th edition being kind of like Chaos Rising, and ninth being solidly like Silent King coming back and kind of reclaiming his forces and getting stuff in. Where are we going? Well, what are we doing? In life in general, not Warhammer. My answer to both is Tyranids turn up and eat everything. <laughs> Fair. Just slowly, slowly waiting around yeah. to die, really. <laughs> so very positive feedback from the New Zealand contingent. Yeah, we're, everything's gonna die. We're all gonna Wait, be dying. Everyone dies from the plague. If you had to pay the prices we pay for forty k, you'd be happy too. <laughs> but you got to pay forty k last week. We didn't. That's true. Yesterday, we just finished a whole, we just finished a little mini 
ITT at our friend's garage yesterday. Scandalous. Scandal. It was a good day for 40K yesterday. This feels good. We got what? We got no more COVID, man. Yeah, they're all COVID-free since 2020. Yeah. Although these guys are coughing on us through Skype, so I'm a bit worried now. <laughs> I, I, all I can say is I have not seen any new Death Guard rules, and this whole thing has been happening, and it's part of Psychic Awakening. Maybe? Question like, mark? Yeah. Oh, that's the new Death Guard rule is COVID. Be, be, COVID still, be is still my new, heart. Yeah, yeah. The world Death has gone won on all the tournaments in the last two months. I did just uh, receive my new uh, blade crawlers. Uh, three more came in today. Uh, I'm all about that blade crawler life. Uh, if you don't rename your chaos lord to be uh, Rona, um, <laughs> okay. So are Death Guard the ul- the ultimate casual at all costs players? Is that what they are? Because they destroyed all the tournaments. <laughs> well, yes. that was my thing. If I can't win tournaments, <laughs> then there just won't be any tournaments. That's right. There's no game to play. <laughs> if your opponent is unable to leave their house, did you win automatically? Yeah. You have to come within six feet of me to play. Oh, you can't? Sorry, guess I win. That was your choice. I would like to... Here, let me look, examine these nicely painted models of yours. <laughs> With my mouth. <laughs> I'm going to cough, you know, breathe on them heavily. Oh, well, wait, that's like most 40K players looking at models, to be honest. Like, you can't just count that out. Is it, am I it. wrong? When I do some, a nice model, everyone who picks it up is pretty much a monster? <laughs> yeah, they have to have recently eaten Doritos. Dude, it's the worst. Like, I can tell who's a like a professional painter or not by if you how you pick up a model. Or more importantly, they ask, can I pick it up and take a look at oh it? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, that's amazing when that happens. It, it doesn't happen as often as you want it to. So wait, are you telling me I shouldn't pick up your incredibly delicate model by its sword? Oh. Maybe the banner pole would be a better choice. <laughs> ah, there we go. I, I only pick up uh, Baden by his top knot. So. Oh, uh, stop. <laughs> so what you're going to do is find, find the part of the model that's going to be the least convenient to glue back together and will never sit correctly. And pick it up by that. Perfect. Just shake it. He's got to be comfortable saying no when people are like, oh, hey. I'm like, no, leave that alone. There's like at least two guys locally who I do that with. <laughs> it's fantastic. Um, they released Danny's a two. Tall, you know that, right? <laughs> no, Danny I'm is. right here, John. <laughs> I think the most mad I've ever seen Danny was it was a local tournament. It was out at MJ's. One of our friends. Joe and Danny, you already know where this is going. Oh my god, Danny, I'm so pissed. Danny was playing a Chaos Army. He had the brand new, just released Bloodthirster. And Joe turns, bumps it, it falls to the ground, breaks off its base. But of course, it's a Bloodthirster, so it's attached to the base by like a quarter millimeter of plastic. <laughs> and like the, the, like the entire life and energy left the room, and everyone was just quiet. And it was like, Joe was like, oh, I'm so sorry. And I was like, it's fine. With, with just a <laughs> look of how did he combine murderous hate and, uh, you know, resigned resignation? <laughs> I was perfectly. scared for my safety and I was nowhere near the thing. <laughs> well, this is after I had asked him to stop rolling my dice. The, oh, I yeah. Have, <laughs> I have two. Yeah. 
I have two related <laughs> anecdotes to this. Number one is Siegler related. The very first per- time I ever encountered Siegler in person, and he he walked through. It was at ATC. He walked through and actually uh, knocked off some models for my side of the. We weren't playing each other or anything. He was just coming by, and he knocked over some models and broke them. <laughs> Um, specifically, it was like a Tomb Blade or two, and he was oh, so no. sorry and apologetic. And he, in ATC, I don't know how he did it, like immediately found uh, glue in a pin vice, and somehow and I got it fixed really quickly. Dang, that, that was the first time I ran into him. Which... That and the 20% discount he gave you to the Art of Wars coaching service just really helps that broken <laughs> model. Oh, man, I never got that discount. <laughs> And the other thing was, I, I said this in the other reaction video, which was um, about the Realms of War battle table. The one time I was forced to play on that uh, thing in a tournament, one of my ghost arcs slipped off of it and just oh, smashed yeah. into 900 pieces. And oh. because ghost arcs have uh, 10 little tiny rods that stick out, because we need that rod in our lives... <laughs> and just dropped probably 15 distinct pieces on the ground, and oh. I never did get around to repairing it. I Here, for the purposes of the camera but not the podcast, these are those players. <laughs> still have the shame pile. I, oh, of course. Next of course. to the disc, never forget. It broke him. Well, now... So we know we're getting a new monolith. We know we're getting a new warrior kit. The green plastic rod is quietly going the way of lead miniatures. Do you get Yay. like a do you get like a new arc kit to get rid of those uh, plastic rods? You guys think? No, the, everything that has the translucent rod looks like it's getting a new kit. And, uh, it looked like we had the warriors, which is one of them. The monolith is another one of them. Destroyers. It looked like we had a. Yep. I was calling it the obese destroyer. For a destroyer having destroyer than obese destroyer because he looked like a destroyer that ate two other ones and just it's an American really destroyer. Yeah, yeah, a really chocolate. But but I suspect we're getting a new destroyer kit. So hell yeah, heck Finally. yeah. Heck yeah, they released a two-page Q and A uh, with the the announcement of this new uh, thing. Which was hilariously snarky, like all the way throughout, with like typical GW social media team snarkiness can, on can there. Can we pause and talk about snark and talk about um, who the fuck was that with the whiteboard? Well, I'm not going to stop recording, but talk about Pete Foley all you want. Oh, yes, Pete. <laughs> Pete? I, um, Just troll on everyone with his whiteboard. Pete Foley is my I'm spirit animal. This <laughs> is pretty funny. Especially since one of his to-do items was make Dark Angels the best faction, and literally the thing I said the moment I read that was, that is a checkbox that's never getting filled. <laughs> Whoa, hang on, because I played against some Dark Angels yesterday, and I got some theories on that, man. They're pretty they're good. Best, good. Best they're faction ever, fucking good. <laughs> now, are Dark good. Angels the best faction ever, or are you just not great at playing against them? Because for uh, me, the- all other factions are amazing and my chaos are terrible. But that is mm. possibly <laughs> a little bit of bias. I, I played against Chaos yesterday too, and I gotta say I think um Possess Bomb is gonna knock Space Marines off the podium. Yeah, yeah I mean if it if wasn't do, for if the fact right. if it wasn't for the fact that Space Marine armies contained the highest snipers per capita 
Um, and... <laughs> I was going to say, but then there's eliminators. <laughs> yeah, snipers per capita, and then chaos reliance on characters to make things work. I like. I'm a big fan of having to Voltron my unit to effectiveness by different buffs. If, if only there were a seventy-point metal box that you could store items inside that made them <laughs> like uh, what's that? Uh, like some sort of model that you could put other models into that would protect them from bullets. I'm probably speaking nonsense. I, I haven't seen anything like that in the rules, but it would be pretty amazing if it existed. I look directly yeah, into the camera for this. Edition, if you yeah, don't kill all those characters turn one. They are going to ruin your entire game. Here we go. Let's, I should not have to adjust my tactics and spending to fit a rule set in other people. What I want to play <laughs> should win every time, regardless of rules, other people, oh, composition. Oh, so you play Elder. There, there was locally an orc player who refused to buy any new orc models because GW had a um a conspiracy to make people buy knobs with power claws. This was like in this was in 2016. To have a conspiracy to make you spend money. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, I call the reactions like shock. Local business wants you to spend more money on their product. It's like oh, the conspiracy is it's a company. Oh no, yeah. the real horror is capitalism. <laughs> ah. The real enemy was capitalism all along. <laughs> so okay i can now answer next. that question about what i think the book is going to be about it'll yeah. be about late stage capitalism in the 40k <laughs> universe <laughs> the silent king is actually like the wall street broker dude he's coming in he's the wolf of wall street he's the wolf we of do, wall street he's back we do have gordon gecko <laughs> just we do have Bobby Jay on the cover yeah shooting into his into his mouth that's always closed gullman's on the cover oof Terrible. I, I actually King think it's just going to be a nine-book series on Gilliman's administration. Actually, yeah. Oh. <laughs> so, so you're pretty into that then, Bottle. <laughs> Thank you, Mistress. <laughs> no. Well, when I release the audio for this steps, it's going to be called "Thank You, Mistress" in Ninth Edition Review. No, like I, I just. Oh have to. yes, please. You don't even have to put the Ninth the Edition Review part. Just, just thank you, Mistress. Thank you, Mistress. <laughs> I always feel really oh. bad because, like, the guy was apart from that cool. So I don't want to like shit talk him, but I was like, and it you was. Gotta be careful not to mention anything about the event because there is this app where we can look up events that you've been to. <laughs> oh shit! I already said Ooh. it was LVO. <laughs> But I did play multiple Dark Elder people. Do, do, do you like how I... Yeah. And I mean, how many Dark Elder players could you have possibly played in the BCP? You actually even said it was out? what round it was. Oh. <laughs> you did. <laughs> oh, no. My oh, LVO no. experience was... Too... He, he essentially told everybody for anyone who's already looked that's, on their that's phone. That's fair. Uh, yeah. <laughs> My LVO experience was two Dark Elder armies. That John might have talked about this event at some point. Several said, hey, times. I played this person in the last oh, Shit, yeah. Good thing <laughs> no one listens one to the really podcast. Embarrassed person who's going to hear this, maybe, and I just that person. I wonder if the embarrassment like fuels them though. So well, like this is their fetish. So, wait, like, they're really happy about it. All he's going to do is talk to his miniature and be like, "I'm sorry, he doesn't understand you, mistress." Oh. I'm sorry, mistress. Hey, look, don't don't ever let anyone shame you, bro. About, hey, about your kinks. We're we're all into some weird I'm not, shit. I'm not here to tell anyone how to hobby, and if they want to thank their models individually in a weird way, I mean, that's what's for me to say. 
What's I mean, true? What you, you, you have did a... was exactly shit. <laughs> <laughs> Quiet. Hey, if you you think about I mean, all the guys in this conversation what right are the now, odds of that guy's talking to, to your this? models is probably the least weird thing. Fair. Uh, back to the ninth edition reveals. Uh, terrain uh, was was called out by both of the the forty k overlords, or I'm sorry, aspiring overlords uh, of Pete and and his buddy, who, whose name escapes me at this moment here. Stu, uh, yeah, Pete and Stu, uh, of being underserved by the current rule set, and I think all of us have seen in games where like our terrain definement stage is. Like, what is a ruin? What is a walkway? You know, what is a building? So seeing some major enhancements coming for the terrain rules. Personally, I'm a little concerned um, that we're going to get, like, specific pictures of terrain kits. I mean, like, this rule has this rule. This GW kit has this rule. And, like, not a lot of gray area in between. But what are some of your guys' thoughts about it? I'll talk together in three, two, one. We 100% Fifth edition. We, we get the opportunity to to have uh, maybe not only some interesting terrain that changes the game and helps some armies out that, you know, might want to hide models every once in a while and not just lose them instantaneously. But uh, the game has always been more advanced than two pages of terrain rules can allow for. Even when we didn't use those two full pages, like, oh, you'd see a crater on the board and be like, this is a crater, right? And they go, yeah, of course. And then you'd be like, okay. And then something would interact with it that, you know, the crater is minus two to charge the big, wait, what? (laughs) Like, yeah, there's literally two pages of terrain rules and this is one of the items. Please let this impact the game in some way. I'm just going to have to jump out, guys. So uh, thanks, Apes, and thanks, everyone, for listening, and we'll talk to you all soon. Yeah, no problem. We'll do this yeah, again sometime. Later, Later, so I got a weird idea. How do people feel about having universal sp- uh, USRs for terrain types, where you basically just say, these are the different things that terrain can do, and you and these are the general types that will have them, and then you figure it out with what the terrain has? I mean, that's basically what yeah. we did in 8th edition. We took those, those two-page rules, and we just abstractly slap them onto whatever MDF terrain we have lying around. Yeah, but this time so it like, be a little bit more official. Yeah, sure. There are well, official like classifications like heavy instance. ruin, light ruin, woods, yeah. hill, etc. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, mean, I can I, I get I, behind that. I, I care less about how they do it and more the end product. Like, I just want terrain to affect the game. Yeah. I think we're yeah. going to be going to a situation where tables are going to have a terrain sheet with the table to define what each piece is because what i don't want to happen is leaving it up to the players to define which each terrain piece is because if you go up against a player you can't trust fucking players one you can't trust players and if, if like say seth if you're playing someone who isn't as vocal as you are you get to dictate what the table is and you get to dictate what's best for you in that situation you know that person isn't going to fucking speak up to you so i think this is a great idea and it really adds a lot of tactical depth to play, but I don't think at a tournament level, the player should be in charge of deciding what terrain is what. Yeah. It's funny. It's funny you should say that because I'm going to blow my own trumpet here for a sec. So I run the um, New Zealand ITC circuit. Right. Brag. Yeah, I'm pretty, I'm pretty fucking amazing. You just go ahead and rest that arm from patting yourself yeah. on the back there. And, um, so what, what I'm in the middle of doing right now is exactly that. So I've got I've got like a design of the table with all the different deployment maps, and I'm in the process of figuring out a set deployment that work, you know, a set terrain setup 
that's fair, balanced, and works for every deployment for the tournaments. And now, those of us who went to the the LVO where they had the top 100 tables had set terrain for different deployment types. How did that work for you guys? I liked it a lot. I thought it was great. I was a big fan. Yeah, it was it was nice to know there was no conversation to be had. This is how it was, and we just set the table up as such. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was great. They figured out they figured out how to do terrain layouts for eighth just in time for ninth. Yeah, yeah. That, the, that's your new shtick, isn't it? It is. <laughs> the terrain rules were designed with ninth in mind. Can you imagine well, if, mean, we, if they gave it a year to breathe? Like eighth, actually, we had all these rules, and you know, things were kind of interesting for six months to a year. We actually got to play this game because of the we can't because of the the pandemic. But if that was not the case, like they could have released closer to Christmas and made it a Christmas thing. And we would have just had like six months of, oh, here you go. Here's here's the end. <laughs> we all know ninth is coming, but just enjoy this game that's now has all the rules out, has been FAQ'd, play some big events, solve that meta, and then we'll drop ninth on you. Just, See, when, you're even, si- just when you're sick of it. I, I don't even want to play eighth now that I know ninth is coming. Yep. Yep, and I think we said we're looking at a, like I was saying earlier in our chat here, but like probably a 620, 627 release date for, for 9th, I think is a pretty pretty good range of when it's going to be at, um, I guess, especially considering how 8th launched and it was around a month in between those times. And if you look at it as well, you have, they, they said they're going to start taking pre-orders again at the end of this month, which means Engine War, almost guaranteed to come out on the 6th. But there's two more books that have to come out before Talons of the Emperor and Pariah, right? It's Pariah, uh, War of the Spider and War of the Spider Pariah have and to come out. Isn't there a Talons of the Emperor one, or is that in War of the Spider? Talons, that's that's War in War of the Spider. Spider. Okay, cool. Yeah. Thank you. That's my that's my damn custodes rules I've been waiting for. <laughs> my sister's silence rules. Shout out to to Falcon. <laughs> Kaka. That's Kaka? the correct bird sound yeah, for that Seth. Yeah. I don't know if you knew. Um, (laughs) also coming uh, for 9th edition something that was hyped was set command points and this is something that's been kind of coming around for a while is every army starts with the same amount of command points and um, what I believe is happening is you spend command points for allies or different detachments or things like that Um, from a list building perspective I think that's super interesting because for me that makes me pull back and only want to do one codex to kind of maximize those things. What about you guys? Mm. Yeah. They previewed this already. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was going to say, I think it's going to unbalance the game to an extent because you have some mono codexes that are still pretty CP hungry. Case in point, orcs. Like, any good orc tragedy is like two CP, period. So, like, making it across the board, everyone has the same CP. If, If it's a low amount, if it's like you get eight CP, I'm going to have a problem playing some of my traditional orc lists. But if they're like, it's 15 CP, that's fine. But then there's other armies that are like, what the hell do I do with 15 CP? I just cast the auto explode thing for Death Guard like a bunch. Yeah. <laughs> I reroll all dice even when you don't have to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. One per phase. <laughs> you don't need you to reroll that. I'm like, no, I'm big dick in this thing. I was going to reroll. Like, why not? that command point energy <laughs> yeah yeah it'll be really interesting to see what that threshold is right where they start uh and then obviously being mono codex or mono faction is going to give you some bonus so 
but you're right, Seth. I did not think of that. I did not think of them uh, like producing a relatively low CP cap to what we have right now, where orcs are taking like triple battalion or a battalion and a brigade, like where they have you know twenty, you know, eighteen to twenty-one command points, and yeah. now maybe they're going to like twelve. Like that. Or like the new Harlequin harsh. shit. Like it's CP heavy, and if you're like cool. You don't get to have half the tricks you were looking at. You're like, well, now I've got to change up what I'm trying to do. Yeah. Other things coming from Ninth Edition, uh, from from the little hints we were given there. Let's see what else we got. So we have our CP, our CP changes, uh, our PP changes, our PP changes, uh, and then flyers. Flyers getting some love and, and some differentiation yep. here, uh, and we can kind of roll this into a conversation about reserves are changing as well. Right, mm. right. I was just going to bring that up as well. Did, did they actually give us anything concrete on reserves or just say reserves is changing? Well, they said that they're going to do tactical reserves, and that's going to be something that's available to everybody. So what that means is, is unknown. If we do some speculation and look at, like, what tactical reserves meant in the past, um, potentially reserving your own units to walk on from your table edge, if that's something that still happens. And they did say you could encircle the foe. So maybe that means that you can come on from the from the sides. Well, they, they kind of allu- they kind of alluded to having uh, armies could bring their reserves in multiple different ways. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Which hype for any any changes to that? Like that seems like a really tactical tactical and interesting change to the game mm-hmm. um, to have units that are held in reserve and come on a little bit later in the battle. Do we change how good different units are? Do we think this is similar to like the age of Sigmar style? Everything can summon. So instead of like summoning, which is kind of like the age of Sigmar stick. Now we have tactical reserves and 40 K instead of, you know, like summoning. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. Yeah. I I wouldn't be surprised if they rolled it into some sort of new universal strats. Like they had the universal stratagems when eighth came out. That'd be good. you know, like one cool. CP yeah. for infiltrate or one CP for deep strike or outflank, you know? Yeah, that'd be interesting for sure. You have to find a way to balance it against the codexes that already have some stratagem mm, like right. that. Yeah. But they might, that you know, that could be an FAQ of, you know, it's two CP to deep strike normally, but this codex that has a deep strike track, it's one CP for you because you have better technology in that aspect. Yeah, well, it's going to be usable right. once per game. As opposed yep. to multiple times. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Flyers like that. making them fly off the board uh, does not destroy them anymore. So happy. <laughs> so for those of us that don't, that was like six and seven, yeah. Yeah. If you don't play Eldar flyers, then you actually have to like try to keep your flyer, you know, somewhat flying in a pattern on the table. It's nice not to have to. Some dude screens you out, and you can't land your flyer. Therefore, your flyer just flies off the board and dies. And you're you like mean, that. You mean my, one of my doom sites every single game of 40k ever? <laughs> yeah, but it's just it, that doesn't feel that doesn't feel narrative. That doesn't feel fluffy. That doesn't even like tactical. You're like, why can't my plane stop over your guys? It's a bomber. It literally flies over guys and drops shit on them. But it's good. It's good that it gets to come I, back yeah. in. Yeah, I don't know. So I, I have yeah. mixed feelings about it. So it seems to be we'll, like we'll see. what they're doing is removing a lot of the feels bad things uh, from the game because it doesn't feel satisfying Eldar. for for me to lose yes, my play. All of Eldar out. That's what the new book is about. Mm. Yeah. 
So like, it doesn't feel satisfying for me that my opponent had took like a hundred models and spread them out in a way that my plane just dies. Like, well, like, and the board, the board, it's pretty well known at this point. The board is getting smaller. This is a pretty important thing to have to do for models that have yeah. minimum movement. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point too. Yeah. Is it confirmed by GW the board is getting smaller, or is this still just the... I, I am just stating internet rumors that are yep. my own opinion and have no basis <laughs> in reality or anything the, else. There's lots of people saying that the board would get smaller. Just, just yes. for reference, FLG had their, their final sale today on uh, their mats. And, and my favorite and my favorite numbers, unrelated, are 3 and 5. So yeah. if I were just say those numbers, but unrelated to the previous thing we were talking about. High, High Lords of Sesame Street down there with their numbers of the day. Fucking <laughs> Michael Tempe the count. So, so that's interesting. If they're going to a three by five board and the other uh, rumor that everything's going up about in about 20% on its points, you know, because if you, if you shrink the board, but you don't change the point density of the game, you're losing a lot of room maneuver. Horde armies can just kind of roll over you because you got nowhere to get away from them. But if they're also falsely, artificially increasing point level by 20%, then you'll see the armies also shrink in size. I suspect that's, that latter one makes more sense. What you said there, that second thing, tracks with being set. Yeah. Yeah, and so then this is... Yeah, Andrew, you were saying why something. I don't think... Uh, I was just going to say, this is why I don't think it'll happen. So you, you shrink in the board... You sh you're increasing the points, you're reducing the amount of models you can fit in one game, you are selling less models to the customer, therefore GW is making less money. Why would they do that? There's because actually, the entry point is lower. There's a yeah, there's... Yeah, and they, they specifically went out and said it in the rules discussion that they rebalanced the game for multiple point levels. So they're trying to make it easier to get in and play. And, and, every, I mean, single, and every single kitchen table that you buy from Ikea is 3 by 5 just okay, unrelated. So, so unrelated maybe, what, maybe what they're doing then is going from kill team to a three by five table for say thousand to 1500 points. But you can't, I mean the amount of models you can fit into a 2000 point army and the amount of models they would sell. I can't see them. Well, in that 2000 point size, the old people in this chat, remember second edition hero hammer where 2000 points was like 10 dudes and a tank. Yeah. Um, it was a chaos lord with a demon weapon and the stuff that made him good. <laughs> and then that's it. Um, but I, I can see it happening. Like I said, they're, they're, they're trying. And again, we're, we're dealing with a world where homes are getting smaller, spaces are getting tighter. Um, and, and kind of like, how do you future-proof your business? So yeah, they might sell less models if there is a 3 by 5 space. But there's a lot of homes now that can't fit a 4 by 6 board. And there's a lot yeah. of game stores that can't fit you know, 10 to 24 by six tables. And even then, like I know our local game store up here, we have like so many four by six boards, um, but that's because they were built up. And when we hold our GTs in the local store, we're out in hallways and outside trying to fit all these tables in. So I think these light spaces are going to be like a really good thing to, to kind of make the game more accessible and more playable. Um, Especially as they push into like these uh, Asian markets that are not very well, moved oh, i know that traditionally yeah. when we see uh japanese homes for instance they are palatial and clearly they have room for big big tables they probably run you know small gts out of their homes all the time but uh for everyone else who's not living in uh in you know very well appointed mansions uh 
that kitchen table is the one flat surface you have where you could feasibly play a game at home, right? And if you're making, if you're buying it from IKEA, that's the size. Yeah. So they do also seem to be wanting to try and make the games go a little bit quicker. Yeah. Yeah, but that's something, honestly, like, again, we're, we're all old guard here. That's something they've been trying for 20 years, is to try and get the games to be quicker. Like, remember the White Dwarf articles where, like, this, you can do this in your lunch break. You can do this here, and kind of <laughs> spreading it out. And none of those things really kind of stuck. I mean, we as a stubborn community kind of stick at this certain points <laughs> level. 2,000 points in three hours seems to be what everybody wants, in, at least in the competitive community. Yeah, and if you look at the old edition, like I was cleaning off one of my old computers, I found one of my old orc lists from like 6th or 7th, and it was like 1850, and that made me just realize, like, oh yeah, it was all 1850, two and a half hours. So it's kind of like that sweet time spot, like time regardless. Uh, moving into this kind of smaller space um, and kind of less maneuverability and kind of how assault armies are going to fare. The other thing that was announced today was some changes to tanks, um, where tanks are now going to be able to shoot out of combat um, against horde armies. And into combat. And into mm. combat against hordes. Mm. They're going to just get max shots against any horde. Uh, what are you guys' thoughts about those changes and kind of how they relate to the game as we know it? That's going to change okay, a lot. So the blast quality is something that they're going to add to weapons with variable shots. Did they say that it was going to be max shots, or did they say that they, they were going to get they more said, shots? They said they would get the maximum number of shots. Okay, all right. So I, I was wondering you, if it was you, like roll an extra dice and hey, hey John, result. Uh, you should mute your mic because we can hear you remodeling your house. <laughs> Very true. Um, yeah, I, I believe they said max shots. So, you know, okay. for sake of argument, a battle cannon is going to get what twelve shots if it Six. moves under half the distance because of Lehman. Oh Rose. yeah, well, Lehman Rose that shoots twice will get twelve shots. Yeah. So, mm. as, as an orc player, this makes me sad. What but kind of things do you guys want to see to kind of counteract that? Because, like, I mainly play assault armies too, and hearing that kind of like. Oh man, that that's not good because tri pointing and wrapping is like my only defensive method against a lot of these armies. Like, what what do you want to see from the assault phase now? Well, I mean, if the High Lord's favorite numbers three and five say anything, then assault armies might actually get some sort of a buff just <laughs> off of that. <laughs> that that's sure. fair. It's fair. I mean, that's significant because already assault armies, most of the really good ones are fast enough to get into you on the first turn. Yeah, that's going to be a problem. But, but what does that do to deployment zones, right? So if, if, if the High Lord favorite numbers of three and five, <laughs> right? Numbers of the High Lords. What, what, what's our deployment zone look like? Do we still keep that 24-inch gap in between by, armies? By popular, by popular demand, all deployments have become Vanguard Strike. <laughs> you monster. No. God, you there is only one deployment asshole. map, and it's, it's Vanguard. You are now worse than the mistress guy, just for, for, for that entire thing. <laughs> When he rolls Vanguard, what if it changed to 18s? Does it to like an 18-inch gap? Yeah, but if yeah, that would work. If you change to an 18-inch gap, then I don't want to see Gene Stealers anywhere in anyone's fucking deployment zone. Dude, seriously. So, so true, true talk, there is this guy. I don't know if you've heard of him. He's uh, tall and carries a bunch of bony swords. His name is the Swarm Lord. <laughs> I've heard of him. Guy, I have not seen him on the table. Will be chitin chitin implant attack deep inside of you every single game forever <laughs> if they don't do something about it. 
But I mean, here's yeah, the interesting you're thing. Kraken implant attack every game. Yeah, eighteen this, inches this, is gonna gonna be rough this, to deal with because if you look at just even any army that has the ability to advance and charge, period, is gonna be able to cross right. that gap. At, so least, at least at 24 inch, you, you had like, okay, foot infantry probably aren't going to cross that gap. Maybe a bike unit or a jump pack unit might be able to cross that gap. But, um, well, let yeah, me say know, it was a, a unit with high mobility. An 18 inch gap, I can get Mortarian in combat turn one without deep strike or without warp time. Yeah. Well, if, that, if that happens, I'm fishing out my 20 custodes bikers. <laughs> oh, Fuck yeah. It. Yeah. Which will now have 15 CP. It's a great mm -hmm. arm. Yeah. It's just, just one Supreme Command and oh, 1,400 spare see. points. <laughs> so so the other thing we didn't talk about with the CP, if it's not going to be tied to detachments and you're not forced to take troops, what does that do to army construction? What if you, what, I mean, who's to say that you're not forced to take troops, though? Who's to say um, the detachments stay well, the same? Just as many. If you're not forcing me to take three battalions, you're just making me take a battalion or something like that. I I think it opens up a lot of ideas list build wise because I don't have to have nine units of Gretchen to make my triple battalion run. I, so this is if? solely speculation. Sorry, Sorry to interrupt yeah. you there, Danny. But I, I do want to say it right after that. I know nothing about the new edition and everything I say is supposition and nonsense for my fevered brain which has not slept but uh, <laughs> I want to I want to state that I think it would be very what we've considered to be detachments for the entirety of the game have always been a fixed thing based on 2000 points you take the you get three detachments etc etc uh, and I think the three detachments is just an ITC limitation I don't think the main book even no, has that main book Okay, good. Okay. It has yeah. these point levels you can take so many because I reference uh, the team tournament at LVO where originally uh, <laughs> John thought he could have uh, multiple. Uh, John and Danny and Danny. It was not just John, me. It, it has no, the, it was it John. It was all John's idea. I like cheating at casual events myself. And so <laughs> it's my favorite. It's, yeah, it but, feels good when you win and you beat people by uh, list creation. We tried yeah. to take to the team tournament at LVO in the last day a six lord discordance across the two of us. Our <laughs> army was... Which, which is a friendly and casual list in and of itself. Our, our army was what, Danny? Six lord discordance and a knight. <laughs> yeah, that was the list. That was the right. list. I, but to finish what I was saying, the detachments have been based on that 2000 point paradigm. I... If I were thinking or extrapolating theorizing, I would say that what if what a we call a battalion changes based on the points level you're playing at, if those different yeah. levels mean something, right? So if you're playing at 1,000 points, a battalion is an HQ and a troop. If you're playing 1,500... What you're describing it's a, is 8th uh, edition fantasy. Yeah, I know 100%. And we know that they use fantasy now as their playtest vehicle for rules that make it into 40K. Danny just got hard talking about fantasy for a second. <laughs> yeah, you can oh, see in his face sorry, right there. On, I was distracted there. He's, he but, yes, I like that. So I like that, Michael. <laughs> oh, no. No, He's no, thinking no, of no, Kislev no. Bears. Sorry, like, sorry. No, oh, but sorry. I like that because that was that was a system in fantasy. At this point level, you have X amount of required choices, and then you are limited to the other slots. You could take, I think, was it like you know, a 2,000-point game? You could take two or three of the rare slot or something like that. 
the meme that I need to see now is that one that you see come up every once in a while with the two figures, and you need to pick the rule, the best rule from AOS that the new edition stole. And it's like, <laughs> hey, you made this. And then they take it and they go, I made this. <laughs> Hot, lukewarm take here. What I think is going to happen is one battalion will be free. So you, it'll be the same thing. So two HQ, three troops, like the rest of the same restrictions. That one will cost zero CP. All the other ones are going to have CP costs. And that's a way of balance. So like Supreme Command, maybe that costs two CP to, to run a Supreme Command in there. Um, maybe mm-hmm. like the auxiliary detachments, they cost more CP because you're just kind of cherry picking a way to get more Tarion into a chaos yep. list or, or something like that. That costs more CP. But I do think you're going to see one battalion being free as your like baseline army so we're still going to see the two hq three troops uh but we're not going to see seth what you're saying of kind of having to take 17 brigades to make your orc army work because that's going to punish you or maybe brigades will, will give you bonus cp because they're so hard to fill so maybe like battalion free brigade is like plus two cp maybe like uh vanguard is minus one cp maybe some stuff Just like trolls are like free. yeah that's right. I see. I see something like that happening. Um, I see. I see like your your first free battalion being the two HQ three troop because I don't think ninth is going to be a huge change from what we already know. It's going to be kind of a like the way sixth to seventh was, and then seventh to eighth is going to be like a mild progression of the rules. Uh, like, like I'm going to see. Right. Like we never had the opportunity in eighth, and we probably never will. For us to all know that Ragnar was going to make it into every souped marine list ever. Next week, I'm going to go on a longer tirade than I did on the last thing that I was on about Ragnar, where I talked about him for like five minutes straight. But because I have some feelings, I've been seeing a lot of that guy. And oh, man. seeing a whole lot more of him. Oh. <laughs> but now he might cost some CP at least. Let me but, tell you about the hot new mob rule segment of worst characters in 40k that we're going to be doing across all episodes there. Can but, you just do an Andy Kaufman bit where it's always Cypher? <laughs> <laughs> Please? No. Because no. Uh, I hate that can guy. Can I spoil the first one? Yeah, you can spoil it. I mean, I'm going to put this up on YouTube and put the audio out. But yeah, you can spoil the first one so people are prepared. Yeah, so the first one we're doing is... If they listen uh, this long in... Bazaar, the Necron Pirate Lord. Like, what a, what a shitty character. Like, Which so, one? Anyway, I don't want to get into the it. The Necron Pirate Lord? He's the Necron yeah. Lord who decided to become a pirate. What's his name? It's Thazar. T-H-A-S-Z-A-R. Mm. Yeah, okay. he decides to be yeah, a pirate. He's in the fluff. It's, it's like Luffy it's, from One oh Piece. To be perfectly yeah, fair, he just reverted to his uh, Citadel Journal programming, where they were <laughs> pirates, because everything cool in Citadel Journal, Journal was a pirate. We, yeah. Like, hey, these Eldar are Corsairs. These space robots are pirates, because everyone's trying to steal your shit. Hells, yeah. Um, Amazing. Boys, before we close this out here, does anyone want to add anything else about kind of the ninth? I'm going to go around the room here to make this a little bit more balanced. Um, <laughs> as as kind of as my previous ones have been being, being awful, but but Andrew, uh, being as it's probably Tuesday at 3 p.m. for you at this point, um, ninth edition coming out, the other kind of launches coming here. Well, what what are your thoughts or, or kind of stuff we may, might not have touched on? 
I'm I'm just excited about it, man. I'm looking forward to the change, but I, yeah, I just I I want to see that CP overhaul. I want to see a terrain overhaul, and I want them to do terrain right because I'm sick of having to do it for them. Yeah, yeah, fair. Seth, um, I'm I'm definitely interested in it. Uh, I I'll be interested to see what it does to army composition. Um, I think if you if you start if we're seeing smaller boards and smaller armies, um, you know, with tanks being supposedly getting a buff here, you might see some elite heavy lists or tank heavy lists. So, I think it'll it'll shake it up, um, and that'll be fun. I like seeing new armies. Nice, Will. Uh, right now, I'm really curious to get some actual details because this has just been a nice little taste. I want to. I need to see like the FAQ that they're going to be doing on Tuesday. I need to see a little bit more more meat before I decide. Like, I, I know it's. I'm definitely interested, and I'm going to want to try it out. But I need to. I need to know more than just the little hints that I'm getting right now. Fair, 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 Michael. Uh, I know that I talk an endless amount of detached saltiness about a lot of things, uh, which, you know, if we have a brand, that's not a bad one to have in my opinion, but I actually am very, I'm very excited, not only for a new edition, but the fact that they appear to be, uh, recognizing that, Hey, you know, we got two or three years off of this edition. We need to sell things. It's what we do and we can improve the game, hopefully on all levels, uh, we can have our casual build, and then we can also have we acknowledge not only acknowledge competitive, but have shaped this to be more compatible with that. That's very exciting to me. So I'm I'm excited. Plus, my favorite faction—they literally doubled the size of the data, sh- the amount of data sheets we got. So that I mean, who can who can be upset about that? I mean that new Silent King. I just want three of them. Oh yeah, one one for the table, and then two to hold books in between, and then just one to just <laughs> plop your balls on to just be like king well, of the, the Silent new King. Well, has a giant ball <laughs> instead of a crystal, that green crystal. So I mean, I you're assume like, you put two on the tip here. Like I'm gonna drop these big balls here. You're gonna put you're gonna put two monoliths down and like, hey, they don't have their ball things in there. You're like, oh, you just wait. Yeah, <laughs> it's a and that's how Michael got banned from LVO. <laughs> <laughs> and if they no, still let BCP go to LVO, they'll still let Michael's balls go to LVO. <laughs> Danny, uh, I'm very excited for the new edition. I think that's been echoed pretty conclusively here. Um, I'm really ready for a changeup. Um, I'm excited about new models, new armies, seeing like everything change i hope that um this draws even more people into the hobby which i'm which i'm also excited about i think there's a great chance for some good community building here um yeah i'm just i'm i'm very very i'm very very excited i cannot wait to see some crunchy details about this edition like uh some cold and hard facts like what was saying um and yeah a big hype for me yeah i know danny and i are both very excited to see kind of the crunchy parts coming out of this new edition here um, and this uh, wonderful gathering is brought to you by kind of our Rogue Trader network of podcasts. Of course, Danny and I are representing Mob Rules. Um, and then we have Seth. Seth with the wonderful Dangly Boys, his herd that he tries to control um, at no. times and times. <laughs> Andrew. <laughs> it just happens. Uh, Andrew uh, and um, 
my uh, Matt from NZ. earlier, uh, from earlier, uh, with the NZ Forty Cabal podcast, which I said right this time. Except, except for the Zed. Yeah, I, I said. Oh, Zed! Shit! Oh well, I live in America. Freedom. Whoa. Um, <laughs> Eagle screech sound. Screech. Woo! Uh, and then Will and Michael with the High Lords of Terra. Uh, of course, us uh, excited to bring you all of the news and information coming uh, for this new edition of Warhammer that's going to be hitting shelves. I'm guessing like a month, maybe. I don't know. If we want to do this over the course of what would probably end up taking three or four hours. Uh, we should probably do something similar to this when the actual book drops. Heck so yes. Can, yeah. So that yeah. we can process it. I'm, I'm going to need to take Hell some time yeah. off work yeah. for that one. Yeah. yeah, and for sure, yeah. the, like uh, uh, sort of like YouTube, Skype channels like this, uh, we're going to keep posting more of this. We're going to keep coming together to kind of share our collective salt uh, knowledge, um, but mostly salt, <laughs> I think, for me. Anyway, Danny has to keep me grounded for a lot of that stuff. <laughs> Oh my God, there's always one salty guy in every podcast. <laughs> and that is, that is me. Relatively that, positive. Yeah, Danny. Michael, Sometimes my salty cool. boy, is named Mike as well. <laughs> perfect. Um, guys, did I, did I miss plugging anything else? Is there anything else you want to plug before I hit the stop recording button? Because I will not be editing, like, at all. As always, uh, hammerheadgames.net. Oh, yeah. Tony yeah. over there uh, misses you. He's a small business operating during the pandemic, and he would love it if you would go to hammeredgames.net and smash that buy shit button, even though you don't know if you're going to need any of this with the new edition. Hey. Just so that he can keep throw, you know, his little awesome kid that he yeah. recently had, and uh, the, I think he's getting a new house. Let me I, tell I mean, you, Michael. I believe you're that all costs money. You're still going to need trades. You're still going to need wound dials. Like those things are going to exist. You'll need the new ninth edition templates, but perhaps I've said too much. So what I will say is you will need wound dials, which Tony has some hammerhead games has great wound dials. Curse on me. Hi Lords. Do you guys have a hammerhead games merch out there? We not, I believe he added it to the web store. We don't actually make anything from it. It's just a like a hey, cool branding thing. And I 3D6 Wargaming also has our yes. um, objective markers as well. Yes. Oh, cool. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, and I will say, regardless of the rules changes, the the measuring tools that Hammerhead does, we have a nine inch side, a three inch side, and a six inch side. Super helpful, and especially for me who plays mainly assault armies, I use that frequently. Um, I was so, going to say you only need the three-inch side, or... Oh, oh, wait. Wait, what are we talking wah, about? Wah, wah. No, that's me. No, that's not, yeah. I, I need, like, a one-inch template, but he says, it's, you know, he can't cut that small. It's, <laughs> oh, it's, no. It's, it's super sad times uh, at my house. But, hey, I have fun. That's all that matters. Um, but, yeah, for the Rogue Trader Network, we've been everyone, and in three, two, one, we can say goodbye, guys. So, three, two, one. Bye. Bye. Thank you, mistress. <laughs> I'm so glad I didn't stop recording until you said that. But let me tell you. Perfect. <laughs>